Good day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So tomorrow is, of course, Election Day in lots of communities across southeast Michigan. Here in Detroit, we're going to cast ballots for mayor, for city council, and for city clerk. And we have a number of proposals to decide on as well. A little later in the program, we're going to talk with Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan, who's going to talk about his bid for re-election. He is seeking to become just the second mayor ever here in the city of Detroit to be elected to a third term in that office. We are also going to talk a little about some of the suburban races later in the program. We're going to talk about what's going on in Dearborn, where there's a pretty hot mayor's race going on, and also in, in Pontiac, where... Uh, Mayor Deidre Waterman is not on the ballot, and there will be a new mayor there as well. We're going to talk with two reporters who are covering those races pretty closely. But first, we want to talk about another key question on the ballot here in Detroit. Proposal R is going to create a new city task force to study the idea of reparations. This task force would, quote, make recommendations for housing and economic development programs that addressed historical discrimination against the black community here in Detroit, according to the ballot language, at least. The proposal is a vestige of the failed Detroit City Charter revision, which voters rejected pretty soundly back in August. But there's a sense that this specific proposal, all on its own, would have widespread appeal here in Detroit. We will see tomorrow, of course, what happens with that. But here to talk about what the idea is behind this proposal is someone who served on the Charter Revision Commission, which included this idea in its proposal. Carissa Wallace is an attorney and someone who served as a member on this Detroit Charter Revision Commission, uh, which called for a reparations task force uh, in its charter proposal. Carissa Wallace, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. So let's start with this. When you talk about reparations in the context of what you proposed as part of the Charter Revision Commission and what's in this ballot proposal, uh, what does that word mean or I guess what could it mean? I, I get the sense that this is about mm-hmm. starting a really important conversation here in Detroit. Yes, yes. And I think for me, I also I always like to level set with just the textbook definition of what reparations means. It means to make amends for a wrong that one has done by paying money or otherwise helping those who have been wronged. That is the Oxford textbook definition. Mm -hmm. So when we're thinking about reparations, I think a lot of times we get focused on money and paying out money to individual persons. But I like to think of it, and I think the best way for us to think about it is making amends for these structural and policy errors that were made in the past by instituting policies and legislation that is intended to correct these lingering effects of the institution of slavery. So let's talk specifically about Mm -hmm. the commission that would be created. What what would it do? What powers would it have? And yeah. how would it how would it come together? Well, I think those are some questions that are left open by the current proposal. And those were questions that the Charter Commission sought to really um, button up and have pretty tight. So, um, you know, the current proposal that is on the table, it calls for the creation of a commission to look into issues related to water sanitation, environmental health, 
um, rights to safety, recreation, housing, et cetera. And it uh, puts broad powers in city councils in the task force that they create to do that work. Um, so some of the things that I do hope would come out of this, if this proposal does move forward, is a clear delineation of some of those structural questions, like who will sit on this task force? The Charter Commission was very prescriptive um, in the proposal that we put forth and that we wanted to ensure there were persons on this commission by virtue of their education, training, or experience that would uh, bring skills to the table um, to ensure that this was a robust process. Um, we also have questions, uh, the proposal leaves questions about what will the duties be? What type of information will they be gathering? Will it be just information that is accessible from city records or will they be have powers to um, subpoena private organizations who may have also played a role in some of these um, structural and policies that we know um, have were intended to hinder black communities? The other piece that I think is really important um, that should be clearly delineated mm -hmm. if this proposal passes is the timing. You know, how much time will it take for city council to put this task force together? How much time will this task force have to put together their initial recommendations? And what are the requirements for city council to hold public hearings to hear the recommendations that come forth from this commission? All of those things were very clearly delineated in the um, proposal that the Charter Commission had um, proposed. And those are some um, areas where we hope city council could be a little bit more um, explicit if this proposal passes. Yeah. So uh, when you say the word reparations, I think mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people get scared. A lot of white people yes. get scared <laughs> yes. because I think that there is a, there's an a, implication, I think in their minds that this is an effort to affix blame and maybe assess some penalties uh, yes. I want to give you just a little uh, bit of time to talk about whether whether they should be afraid, whether that is that is something that is maybe at the core of this inquiry. Is it about affixing responsibility? Um, I think that when we approach it from a perspective of trying to blame a specific person or a group of persons, yes, people are going to be hesitant to get involved here. From my perspective, this is not about ascribing blame, but this is about taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, none of us were here when um, slavery was an institution. None of us were on this earth when, uh, well, sorry, few of us were on this earth when these Jim Crow and segregation and other, you know, blatantly anti-Black policies were um, existing. But we all have a responsibility now to improve the systems that we have to live in. And if we continue to turn a blind eye or throw up our hands and say that it's too complicated, then we are all responsible for um, allowing these policies to continue moving forward. And we know that it's not just at a city level where these actions had taken place. Mm -hmm. So we're not expecting the city of Detroit to be able to um, solve all of the issues that being said, the city, we know from historical documents, did play a role in the institution of slavery and the um, and, and anti-Black policies. And it is incumbent upon us to take responsibility for that which is in our control. Hmm. 
Yeah. I'm talking with uh, Carissa Wallace. She's an attorney who served as a member of the Detroit Charter Revision Commission, which called for a reparations task force in its charter proposal. That uh, charter proposal was rejected in the August primaries, but now we have uh, Prop R on the ballot, which would uh, create a commission to study the idea of reparations for African Americans. Uh, We're talking about how that would all work and sort of how it fits in the broader narrative of the conversation we've been having as a nation uh, about historic inequality uh, and the ways that it casts forward into our lives today and how we uh, mitigate uh, all of that. As always, uh, we want to hear from you as well. What do you think about uh, Prop R? Do you I like the idea of studying reparations for African Americans? Uh, if you're a Detroiter, do you plan to vote for Prop R tomorrow? Uh, and give us an idea, if you do, what kinds of forms of reparations do you think a task force like this should be considering? What should this inquiry uh, look like. As always, uh, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDT Facebook play page, put comments there, uh, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's start today with Tim in Detroit. Tim, what's on your mind? Yeah, uh, Steve, I'm interested. Uh, what, what, what does blame have to do with anything as far as reparation? Well, I mean, I think uh, it's a question that I think you, it's probably best put to, to some of the people who oppose the idea of even an inquiry into reparations, but but I'll try to, as best as I can at least, uh, voice that. I, I, I think that there is in America uh, a, a real sensitivity on the part of many white Americans, let's make that clear, it's not all white Americans, but many white Americans, that that all of this is about trying to affix some blame uh, to them or to their ancestors for the inequality that exists today. And it makes people uncomfortable, I think, uh, b- because, I mean, there's a natural human, I think, resistance to the idea of being blamed for something, especially something that uh, you don't think you had a personal hand in. But the other dimension that I think makes people uncomfortable is the idea of uh, reparations in a monetary sense uh, that, that uh, who, who will be responsible for paying, right? I mean, whenever you talk about uh, making somebody whole or making good on uh, something that you did bad to someone... I think there's a lot of there's a lot of angst about what that means and whether that means uh, not just a shift in cultural power but a monetary shift, uh, an economic shift, and those things make they make people nervous. Um, you know, again, I don't share that point of view, and so I feel a little uncomfortable uh, speaking on behalf of of those folks. But I think I'm doing a pretty good job of uh, of, of explaining where I think they're coming from. Uh, Tim, does that, does that make sense to you? I think the word you're looking for is guilt. Yeah, right. I think that's right. There, there, there is. But, yeah, go ahead. Okay, but, but listen, it has to be money because we've, uh, white people have benefited from our labor in building this country for centuries. And Detroit, people forget Detroit is a 
is a majority black population. We we don't have to ask white people, is it okay that we get paid for what they did to us? Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think that it's a point of view that uh, that I certainly share, Tim. But but again, I think there's. I don't know. This is a. It's an issue that I know. Whenever it comes up, it makes people makes people nervous. Makes people uh, un, uncomfortable. Chris, I wonder if you have uh, any reaction to to what Tim's talking about here. Yeah, I mean, I, I share your sentiments, and I I definitely am frustrated um, by the. I guess the use of this guilt or this um, idea of blame as a barrier to even move forward with the inquiry. And so that's why when I try to uh, talk and educate other um, people, I tried to broaden the idea of what reparations can look like so that we can kind of see beyond these stereotypical barriers. But I agree, like if we can agree that slavery and that racist policies were wrong, then we can agree that amends are due and amends, reparations is just another word for amends. Yeah, yeah. Again, Tim, really appreciate your call and your comments. Let's go to Todd in Detroit. Todd, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm all right. Um, yeah, so... You know, I'm listening to, and I, I, I was sitting at my desk, and I was listening to um, uh, the show, and uh, you guys started talking about reparations and Proposal S, Proposal R, and our organization is the People's Voice, which is the founder or the author of Proposal R, mm-hmm. I mean Proposal S. S, right. And, um, you know, but I, the history should, you know, to the extent I have a, a, a couple minutes to explain, the history of it was... Um, we envisioned a proposal R that was actually going to create a reparations commission and a reparations fund. Um, that side and that faction that branched off and sought signatures, because it's an effort in getting signatures, because these are vo- voter-driven initiatives, right. not necessarily through council and making a resolution and pursuing it that way. When it's voter-initiated res- um, in- initiatives, it is, uh, I, we think it's a more powerful statement. So when we have signatures, you know, you had to collect 3,608 signatures. Mm-hmm. We had to break up in, in, into factions and, and, and groups. And our group sought to get signatures for Proposal S. The other group was unsuccessful in getting uh, signatures for Proposal R. So they have essentially joined uh, City Council's measure. And are, are, we're supportive of City Council's measure because it continues the dialogue. I mean, because otherwise we wouldn't be talking about any mm-hmm. of this. Right. Um, yes. So... You know, to a certain extent, some people say that it's low-hanging fruit by opportunistic uh, um, politicians who want to go higher. I, you know, I, I prefer to – I don't like to look at it with that kind of jaundice. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it as, you know, we're still continuing the dialogue, a much-needed dialogue, and, and, and a framework. And at least, if nothing else, they'll study what kind of framework this should have because yeah. I believe it'll pass. Um, I believe Proposal S will pass, even though, you know, it makes – when you see it in the framework of how I just described it, Proposal S makes more sense as to why, you know, why are citizens looking to remove certain restrictions from the charter that allows them to appropriate money. Hmm. And that's the reason why, because we envision a voter-initiated uh, voter initiative as it relates to reparations and the creation of it and compelling our elected officials in how that construct should look like. Yeah. Todd, I'm, I'm glad you called and added that 
that context to this entire discussion, R and S and and the relationship uh, between them. Uh, the, thanks very much for for adding that. Um, I should also note that this is uh, it's Todd Perkins, uh, a pretty prominent lawyer in Detroit, I believe, who is on the line. And I should also note that. Uh, he is an old high school classmate of mine, so I'm really glad to hear from him here on, <laughs> on Detroit Today. Uh, Carissa Wallace, I wonder if you have a reaction to what Todd's talking about, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely understand um, the, and I appreciate the additional context um, in the history of Proposal R and S. I do think they do have two different um, perspectives here, and it'll be interesting to see um, how the voters uh feel about these uh, diverging issues. Yeah. Again, Todd, thanks very much for the call and uh, the really great uh, background and context. Let's go to Keisha in Detroit. Keisha, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Steve. Uh Um, I just wanted to provide a comment because, you know, I'm, I'm out here in the community a lot and I hear folks say when we're talking about, you know, both proposal S and R, Uh, But particularly our, you know, we have, you know, how are we going to do reparations with our own money? We hear that argument constantly, right? And I think that it's important to note that we have to start somewhere in this city because I think we can all agree that the city of Detroit owes residents something. Like, Mm. we look at history, right? We know that this city has participated in restrictive covenants that lock folks out of homeownership, the Mm -hmm. urban renewal policies, and the resulting decimation of black neighborhoods in areas like Black Bottom that ultimately extracted tons of black wealth. And even today, when we look at the tax foreclosures of the early 2000s, and even the $600 million overtaxation that robbed um, homeowners and continues to extract wealth out of our communities, I just think that it's important that we talk about the importance of starting somewhere, because these are issues that are very clearly systemic and keep repeating themselves, you know, throughout history, and ultimately keep black people in Detroit from securing and maintaining wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, if we have commissions um, like this one that will, you know, seek to address these issues, it means that we start somewhere. I don't think that it means that, you know, we're going to have reparations next year, right, or that the city of Detroit is going to have to be solely responsible for that. But it's a start versus continuing to go down the same, you know, history repeating path that we've been on. So that's the comment I wanted to provide. Yeah, I I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that call and and the information that that you're sharing with our listeners. Uh, Carissa, I want to go back to something that she started with, though, Mm -hmm. this, this criticism that Essentially, this is a black city. It's 80, 85, 86 percent African-American. If yes. you if you set up a program for reparations to black Detroiters, it would be coming from black Detroiters in some way, uh, which which kind of contravenes, I guess, the, the, the idea of reparations. I thought Keisha did a good job of of explaining why that's probably a, a, a too too narrow way of of thinking about it, but I want to give you a chance to address that as well. No, I I agree. I think the way in which we uh, spend our money is a reflection of our values. And if we say that we value reparations, then we should be willing to devote our monetary resources towards it. And again, like this is not an issue that started with the city of Detroit and it's broader than the city of Detroit, but we have to be responsible for what is in our control. And so I, I absolutely think that there is a, um, there are so many examples um, of where the city has participated or created policies that were blatantly anti-Black or um, had that had that known impact. And we, we do need to start somewhere. Okay, 
Carissa Wallace. Uh, it was really great to have you here Thank you. with us for this conversation. Thanks for joining. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan is going to join the program to talk about his bid for a third term as the city's chief executive. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.